Well, well, well. It's your girls. <laughs> what? What? I thought that was a way of introducing the podcast show. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's two things. First, you saying it's your girls kind of makes me think you're talking about someone's boobs. Okay, and weirdo. Two, it, whenever I feel like your tone of voice is very Luann. Very Luann? Yeah. Well, 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 it's your girls. <laughs> it's it's your girls. Like I was I was thinking about today, maybe that could be a cute phrase on the pod. Like, your girls, it's your girls. Hate hate your girls. Like, I like it. like and that could be like maybe on t shirts or hats someday. Like your, your girls. girls. Like your are girls. you part of the are you one of your girls? I don't know. This is kind of all falling apart as I discuss it. <laughs> you know what? Let's explore it in the exploratory phase of uh, our merch conception. And then let's just be open to change. Yeah. Open to iteration as entrepreneurs, right. you know. Totally it, I love that. To pivot. We are not afraid to pivot at all, folks. Or fail fast. Oh my gosh. Fail fast. We have a saying at Facebook, feedback is a gift. And that's something I think you could take in stride a little bit. <laughs> what do you mean that I could take in stride? Okay. Do I, was I taking it poorly before? The only thing I'm not taking in stride, the only thing I'm not taking in stride is you telling me that I need to take something in stride. Well, I mean, case in point. Oh, I didn't want to say, I don't need to preemptively tell someone, hey, I need you to take this in stride when it's like a totally benign thing. Like, I mean, they just need to receive feedback and take it in stride. Oh, 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 so you weren't telling me to take it in stride. That's part of the Facebook policy. No, I was telling you to take it in stride. I'm confused. The, okay. the feedback I'm going to give you. Anyways, feedback is a gift. That's our saying. Feedback is a gift. The past is a joy. You live in the moment. It's good to breathe and be alive. <laughs> How's it going, sis? How's your week been? I thought I was. I thought maybe I had been exposed to coronavirus. So this weekend was a freaking nightmare. I spent so much money getting food Postmates to me, and it was a nightmare. But thankfully, I actually wasn't exposed. The person tested negative, so. It's all good. That must be really hard when you have to just have food delivered to you. It's just so tough. You know, it's just so tough. Like, when you feel like a leper in your apartment, yeah, it is. Like, I, I didn't feel comfortable being within six feet of my roommate, so I just kind of stayed in my room all day. And I yeah, mean, and that these, is annoying. These, these four walls are gorgeous, but <laughs> at the end of the day, they are just four walls. Yes. Well, I'm glad to hear that your solitary confinement has ended. Yes, thank you. Um, how are you doing? I'm good. We had a really fun weekend with friends. Oh, don't rub it in. Yeah, it's honestly <laughs> the opposite of your weekend. But I'm feeling the effects of that right now, feeling a little bit more tired than usual. But it was, yeah, it's been really fun. So great. good. Yeah. I feel like we've gotten into a groove where, like, do you feel like we talk less because of the podcast? Because we try and save our, like, catching up for the podcast? I feel like we've have got, we have started talking a little bit less, which makes me sad. We What's don't do our on? daily check-ins, but I think I it's also because we used to check in while driving to work. That's okay. That makes me feel better. Right before, I just thought we were drifting apart. No, but now that makes me feel better. Yeah. No, it's just because you always you had a twenty-minute commute and I had a ten-minute commute, and we would I would just call you every day on the way to work, and you would call yeah. me. Yeah. Um, but now since we don't drive to work. We don't, we're not in that habit anymore. So, but we're not, we're not, we're not drifting apart. 
We are still one flame, one flesh. <laughs> oh, gosh. Two sisters. Same corpus. Oh, my gosh. I think oh, we should put one flame, one flesh on a t-shirt. One flame, one flesh. <laughs> what, 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 what? No. No. I thought you were a copywriter. That's like the... the, that's, the that's trash. Okay. Well, I, I hope Mark Zuckerberg is not listening hey, to the podcast. I appreciate that feedback. I'm going to take it in stride. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I can tell you're already drinking the Kool-Aid. I really am. Okay, before we kind of dig into this week's, like, you know, array of topics, I need to tell you about something truly horrific that I saw on the internet this week. What? Tell me. I'm shaking. (sighs) And I know this is going to send shivers down your spine because I think you and I have both had experiences with this type of scenario in a relationship. Okay, I'm ready. Quivering and quaking as you speak. Um... I'll just get right to it. Gift okay, giving, please. <laughs> <laughs> gift giving is not Prince William's specialty at all. It's not really? his love language. Okay. Maybe it is, but he does not know how to give it out. Give it freely out. Okay. Um, so can you imagine, can you just imagine you're dating Prince William? Okay. And you're dating Prince William when he has a full head of hair. You are probably, you know, splitting your time between ritzy bars in London and polo fields. Okay. You are living a true dream life. You are, you know, investing in your future as the future queen. And all of this is so glittery and wonderful. When he presents you with a gift for Christmas, maybe your birthday, it doesn't specify. And it's a Mm -hmm. set of binoculars. Ooh. Okay. What what do you do? Do you have a a fundamental moment as a person where you think like, what am I getting myself into? Like clearly this person, this life is not what I thought it was. This person is not who I thought he was. If I'm dating a Prince Chandler, I'm going to do whatever it takes. Okay. That's not the time to be your authentic self. That's your time to be the perfect girlfriend. Okay. (sighs) Like literally becoming a queen is at stake. So if I get binoculars, if I get a yardstick, whatever, I don't care. Let's do a little role play, okay? I'm going to be Prince William and you're going to be Kate. And we're going to pretend like I just handed you a beautiful box, you know, with gorgeous wrapping. Why don't you do it? Why don't you assume the, the voice of Prince William? Okay, Lauren, I'll assume the voice of Prince William. I'm not going to make my voice deeper because... I don't want to sound Prince like William, I'm so happy to be spending this time with you today. <laughs> Kate. <laughs> Kate. Yes. Yes. Here's your Boxing Day present. Oh my gosh. Prince <laughs> William. I, ne- I never thought. <laughs> I never thought that you would give me a present on Boxing Day of all days to receive <laughs> presents. Wow. Thank you. Let me open it. I would love to do that. I'm undoing the ribbon. I'm peeling back the the box. Oh my gosh. I am about to show the dear Prince William. I have been hoping for a pair of binoculars. There are lots of things that I want to see, but that are too far away. And this solves a major problem for me, Prince William. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) How was that? Wow. I'm sold. I think Kate Middleton <laughs> has vision problems and it's heartbreaking. And Prince William has just literally saved the day. Ugh. She's just a, yeah, she's just a person who wants to see things that are far away. Like it's actually very romantic. It's, oh my gosh. It's literally a marker for the future. 
it's like well, yeah, look she's into gonna be on a lot of balconies right, as right. A part of the monarchy well yeah and it's just a metaphor for like looking ahead that's stunning. That is stunning. I am crying. It's. It sounds like he actually is an impeccable gift giver. I think this reporter like literally got this all wrong. Got the story all wrong. Wow. Okay. I have personally worked on becoming a better gift uh, giver this year because I used to be like truly terrible at it. You've always been a great gift giver. I just think about like one time I gave my boyfriend a Groupon for his birthday. <laughs> You did. I did. <laughs> and I, you I made, like a link, this. like a link to an. Oh, like oh no, no, printed you bought out. I br- I bought that him something so embarrassing. It's That's so embarrassing. embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. I was okay. young and broke, you know, and naive. Yeah. yeah. Nonetheless, though, I I would have been better off giving him like a Visa gift card for forty dollars rather than a freaking Groupon. Mm, <sighs> I mean, a Visa gift card is pretty lame. Would you rather say, oh? They got me cash or they got me a Groupon. Uh, I would rather have a Groupon because it's at least it's really? something. Like cash is weird. Like I wouldn't – if Kagan ever gave me cash, that would just be the weirdest <laughs> present. I guess I mean like a gift card is like is less – it's less transactional. Anyways, mm-hmm. we're digressing. But yeah, it's, always, it's, it's an interesting – it's an interesting thing to learn with your partner but like what actually matters to them. Cause I just feel like so many dudes straight up do not care where you get them. Like they well, never are like yeah. that you didn't like, you know, get them what they wanted for their birthday. Well, I think that, I think that I have, I, I'm a, I love giving gifts. And so I think I am more of like, that's kind of is my love language right. is giving gifts. And like, I just, I actually love like being kind of outrageously generous and like doing something really fun or like, you know, I, I like that. And so yeah, I think I think it goes both ways for me though too. Like I want to, I want the same thing to come my way. Mm-hmm. But you know, so, you just gotta ask for what you want. Agreed. All of this is a roundabout way to say to everybody who's listening that my birthday is on August twenty second, and that means yeah. that you guys need that everyone who's listening needs to be shopping right now so that they can put their gift in the mail in time to get to me. So you've got about a 10-day window before you need to start shipping gifts to me, everybody. Okay. What do you want? What do you want the listeners to buy you? Not a Groupon. Okay. I'm going to say you yes cash? to cash. I will accept cash. Okay. What's the minimum amount? I mean, I just feel like why bother if it's going to be less than $10? I say why bother if it's going to be less than 100 people. Why bother? Like, don't even, don't you dare send me a birthday text unless there's a hundred dollar Venmo <laughs> accompanying it. Absolutely. If someone texts you on your birthday channel and they don't also Venmo you a hundred dollars at that point, <laughs> it's literally like them spitting in your face. It's saying, I know your birthday is right now so much so that I'm going to rub it in your face that I'm mm-hmm. not giving you a hundred dollars. I'm going to actively do nothing. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like those... Every friend who texts you on your birthday without $100 is an enemy. You will know your enemies on August 22nd. Totally. A day of reckoning. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Honestly, everyone, I don't need anything for my birthday. All I want is for someone to find me a Jeffrey Dean Morgan in San Francisco. (laughs) Okay, people. Yeah, okay. First of all, everyone knew that that was a joke. You don't actually expect $100 from everyone on your birthday. But also, uh, people, I don't need anything. Just find me the perfect man where I live. That that would be great. Thank you. Thank That's you like so much. That's actually the biggest ask. You I know, just need Brad Pitt <laughs> in Pack Heights, please. Please. It would be so great. It would be so, so great if you guys could do that. Good luck. Good luck with that. <laughs>
Chan, can we discuss Love Life? I'm so glad you finally watched it. You First of all, you leached my HBO Max password. You're welcome. I will be charging you every 15th of the month for your cut. Um, okay. No, I didn't. You First of all, you told me you canceled your subscription. <laughs> and I did not leech your password. Are you I sure? I bought my own account. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I asked you to. And you're like, oh, sorry. I already canceled it. Free trial. Ended. I, I recently re-upped and I just figured that you were using mine. Well, you use my Netflix, so that's why. Okay. Well, I thank you. Yes, I'm glad to have been able to access it on my own and to have been able, been able to watch it. It's an excellent recommendation. Thank you. I, I'm so glad you like it because it was recommended to me by Faith and I was definitely skeptical. Like I'm like, I don't really need a drama. I also don't love the main actress. I can't, don't even know her name, but I don't love her. Mm-hmm. And I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I, I'm not like an Anna Kendrick stan right. whatsoever, but I think that the show does a really good job of showing just classic boyfriends that oh. a lot of us have in our 20s. It and is, I know I certainly had a lot of those boyfriends. The writers get it so right. They like, get it they, so right. They are spot on with like the mannerisms, the things the guys say, the way they behave, the way they fall short. It's like perfection. I there there was a lot I related to, and so I think that I want to talk about it. But to talk about it, I think on some level we're gonna have to give away some storylines, right? So spoiler so, alert! Spoiler alert! Um, so I would probably just skip ahead like five to 10 minutes in the pod if you want to skip this. Okay, Chan, I want to say that the first thing that I loved was the way that they showed the relationship that didn't work with Augie, the guy who mm-hmm. was a very intense political activist. Right, right. Or he wasn't, he wasn't that intense, but he was a writer for Politico. He was a writer for Politico. And I think that so much in our 20s, you have this idealized version of yourself. Like mm-hmm. I know that I saw myself as more outdoorsy than I truly am in my 20s and, or in my early 20s. And I chose guys based on an unrealistic and unself-aware idea of myself. And like the way she kind of was talking to him, she was like, yeah, we're so compatible. Like, I think like when you're in your early twenties and you're dating and you date someone who has like much stronger beliefs than you, I think a lot of times you are like inspired by that because you want to have like such strong beliefs yourself, or at least as like, you know, intense. And I think it's like a way to like virtue signal and like show other people that you are smart. Right. Um, Exactly. And I've definitely been attracted to people like that in the past. There was a scene where they're, they're looking at an art piece. Basically it's her and her boss sort Mm -hmm. of, and her boyfriend. And he basically uses the art piece as an opportunity to go on a diatribe about environmentalism. And that is so something that I think I would have done in my early twenties. And now later I'm thinking I wouldn't do because a, I just don't feel that way anymore. And also, I think that I just would prioritize people being comfortable and having a nice time over creating an argument, you know? like oh, I think you learn how to read the room as you get older. Yeah. It's like, I'm at an event for my significant other's job. Maybe I'm going to refrain from being center of attention for better or for worse. Or creating negative energy. Like, relationships totally. matter more then I think relationships matter more than ideas. And that is, that is something that I've learned only through maturing, you know? I love that. I love that. The other thing. Okay. So I want to talk about one of the things I hated about the show. What? 
I really hated how, and I, I'm not, I'm not a prude and I feel like I'm an open person, but I just really hated how literally every single relationship they went all the way on the first date. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Did you notice that? No, I didn't like, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah. Every single relationship, they go all the way, either the first night they meet or the first date. And for me, I I think that's just such a lie about modern dating. Like, I don't think that is reality. And I think that it's such a weird narrative that I I constantly see in shows that people just do that on the first date. Like, I don't have any friends where that's their norm whatsoever. No, I don't think that's the norm. And I think it also, like, it's just an example, I feel like, of, like, shows setting, like, a really strange expectation out of women. Yeah. Like, the weirdest expectation that you're going to want that and that... You're going to feel comfortable enough to do something like that. Uh That you're going to be comfortable enough and that it's a normal thing. It's not normal. That's really weird. I think this is just like a classic HBO TV show and they're aren't they and they are notorious for like a, having a lot of sex. Well, that's actually just just straight up not the reality. Yeah, or at least just not the, the first date every single time. It just yeah, made it seem sure. like that's the cultural norm in dating now. And right. I, maybe like forgive me if I'm wrong. Like maybe I'm totally out of touch, but that just wasn't my reality whatsoever and <laughs> yeah. What did you think of Magnus? It was super frustrating to watch her stay with Magnus because he was so awful. Because he was so awful and there was just like sign after sign. And like, I just feel like there was like three times before they actually broke up where she should have broken up with him. Like clear moments where it was like, you know what, actually this is too complicated and we're just dating. And I don't like you enough. You're not treating me that well to make it work that. Well, and he was just so cringy. Uh, even like with his lovey doveyness I know. and like your dreams are my dreams like it was so oh. hallmark cheesy corny so cheesy. like I think my soul is just way too black for saying crap like that but yeah I I was obviously thrilled when they inevitably like don't end up together or they got divorced um, I also I really like the show's uh characters like I like that we we saw Darby and her love life obviously as like the main thing going on in the show, but I loved like the Sarah plot mm-hmm. and just like the way her the way everyone's lives like evolved around each other, not revolved, but like mm-hmm. you know they, they kind of coexist in this like twenties space. And yeah. I just I, I I really thought the Sarah relationship was interesting, like how her boyfriend wanted to like settle down and like. Get, yeah. get to a quieter point of life and like she wasn't ready for that and like I don't know it made me like sad but like it was it was great I thought it was really well done I mean I I thought that was another like un- super unrealistic portrayal like most women are not Sarah and so it's just so funny to me that I feel like every show the girl is always like doesn't want to settle down could kids crazy like yeah some girls are definitely like that but I would say the majority are not. It's just like always like such a funny narrative that they try to push that like there's all these women out there who are like who so don't want like, anti- the, the good steady guy. Yeah, and who don't want to like get married and have kids. It's just such a funny like trope that the media, I think that like not the media, capital M, but that certainly gets pushed in a lot of like, it's an right, interesting it's narrative. narrative. Yeah, yeah, it's a stereotype that I don't think is that based in in reality. Yeah, and then the boyfriend with like the house. with the house and just like I want to live here and like have kids and like all that stuff. Like, I don't know. I also feel like that was just like a little unrealistic too. Yeah, 
But I guess like maybe it's not that unrealistic. I mean, look at like Tom Sandoval and Ariana. Like I personally, I actually don't think that like, I do think a lot of women like that exist. Yeah. Like I, I think there's like plenty of people who are not ready to like quiet, like have their lives quiet down because I think totally. to them, to a lot of people, it's a sign of getting older. Yeah. And that's really scary for a lot of people. Like, and I, th- I always think actually about now that line, that n- the new line in one of the folklore songs, that's like a coming of age has come and gone or something like that. Yeah. I think people are, I don't know. I think that's a scary idea for some people, like for men and women. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think. Lauren, the wall behind you, it's quite barren. What's going on there? <laughs> you know what? I find getting things framed to be very stressful. And so I've just never done it. I don't basically have anything framed in my home. And it's sad for me. It's very sad, which is why we are so lucky to be sponsored by Framebridge right now. Yes, I am so excited to correct this wrong in my life. What's so great about Framebridge is for other people also intimidated by a gallery wall, if you go on their website, you can just very quickly, easily upload like five photos or whatever it is, and they will send you different dimensioned, cute frames, beautiful, sleek, modern, so you can just hang your gallery wall and it's good to go. They make it very easy on a layperson like yourself. Everyone, see why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. Lauren, as we made our descent into New York, you know, from our beloved Guana Island trip, Mm. I got excited thinking about coming home to like my more simple routine food, like my Mm. clean simple eats protein powder. Yeah. I feel like it's such a good staple because the protein powder, if you blend it with ice and water, you got vanilla frosty, essentially. If you like the simply vanilla, if you get chocolate brownie powder, you've got a chocolate frosty. You could do the mint chocolate chip. You got a thin mint frosty, or you just dissolve it in milk or water. And that also strangely tastes really good like chocolate milk it's a super fast easy quick snack also i just love that the ingredients are clean they're grass-fed it's 20 grams of protein for 110 calories it's just the best protein powder out there everyone go to cleansimpleeats.com and use the promo code pop apologist for 10 percent off that's pop apologist for 10 percent off cleansimpleeats.com pop apologist for 10 percent off i so it's so funny i when I dropped you off in San Francisco, I definitely had a moment where I was like, and I don't know if I've ta- if I talked about this on the pod last week, mm-hmm. but I had a moment where I was like, man, like this is so crazy. Like you're young and going to be dating and having all these fun experiences, and like I'm so excited for you. And I had this moment where I was like, whoa, that phase of my life is totally over. Like I'm not. I'm not going to be in that phase where I'm like daydreaming and like going on all these crazy dates and like chatting with my girlfriends about it. Like it's weird to see chapters of your life close. And I Mm -hmm. totally understand that. But for me, I mean, that's just life, you know, like I think you, you yearn for those chapters to close. Yeah. It's like the only thing worse than those chapters closing is them like not closing, you Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. and not evolving and not going through each stage right right of life or not getting to that next step i think for me yeah. personally but and i just i back to love life i thought like the baby story was pretty cool and i mean actually the only thing that, i mean a lot of the a lot of parts of the show are unrealistic but her art gallery job job seemed way unrealistic i'm just yeah, gonna be yeah, frank 
Oh, I had that written down that I wanted to talk about. That was a totally a fake job. Like fake job. I'm sorry, but that doesn't exist. Classic fake TV show. It's like Charlotte and Sex in the City. Like yeah. every girl has a high pink, like make six figures working at a museum and like totally. and, and looking great in cute outfits. Since when? Since when are museum employees rich? Let me tell you. People who work in those jobs, they have really rich parents and family <laughs> because they make like no money. It's like people who work in publishing in New York. They basically make no money and they're all from wealthy families because that's how they can afford to have those jobs. And it's the yeah. same thing with museums. And you also likely do not like the natural progression of being a tour guide to being the top curator oh my is gosh. it's not you don't go from like being the girl handing out the headsets to being the curator no. in two years or five years even like literally your own like your job is to just like inspect like salt shakers <laughs> and like arrange them on a stool totally no the most hilarious thing to me was like her gorgeous office and then the <sighs> title her title was like assistant to this person. I know, like, I know. We would never have that office. It's just so funny. No. Okay. So I don't know if you have anything else, but the okay, last I thing. do. I have yeah, two other things. On. Okay. Okay. We'll get one really quick that I thought was really cool was so she gets pregnant. And I thought it was really cool that they didn't have her terminate the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Like I actually, cause I felt like that's just generally kind of that's like what the I was expecting to be honest. Yeah. That's what you expect to happen. And so I thought it was really cool that they showed a different way. Totally. I that was very cool. I so. think, yeah, like I definitely, yeah. Well, I agree. She was pregnant and she's not, she, it's not with, it's not with a guy she wants to be with. And so that's right. why like, they like, doesn't she like go? Yeah. Anyways. So I thought that was cool. And then I also thought that they really showed the realities of the fact that women just do more mm-hmm. than men do with childcare, with like childcare, yeah, thousand percent. And so I liked that they didn't they didn't gloss over that. Like I was definitely expecting them to be like, oh yeah, now she's having a kid, now and she's like this cute little stroller life, and just like loves being an art curator and mm-hmm. a mom with her modern family and her ex boyfriend. They're raising their kid together. That was just that to me was going to be so stupid but I was glad they didn't go down that path yeah no I was I I really like that and I think like just showing the pure exhaustion yeah of being a mom like there's nothing more taxing or exhausting than being a single mother yeah I think that I mean I look at we were pretty involved with when Courtney had her first kid and Courtney definitely was like was tired with James but I felt like it was it didn't seem that crazy but she also had full stable help with Wyatt and totally they have like an they have a nice situation where he's home all day he's home all the time he's a super active dad and and I think that if you are like the sole caregiver that is a lot that's a lot oh and living in a big city it literally made me never want to have a kid in a big city just being gonna be totally honest Oh, it looked like yeah it looked nightmarish and that was a really that was cool that they um glossed over that or they didn't gloss over that reality right right, right. I thought the ending was a little unrealistic I know he that the last guy though was the most dashing to me oh he was the cutest the guy she ends up with is by far the cu- well okay actually I want to say this I was so glad that the ending was not her ending up alone I mean like she figured out that right. the only person she needed was, was herself, herself. <laughs> like I was gonna be so She's frustrated like, I am enough 
I am enough. <laughs> and then she re- looked in the mirror and said, all that matters is that I love me. I love myself. Because I no. love life. <laughs> and then she realized that she was enough. No, that was that was a huge relief because I thought that was, was going to be so boring. Totally, totally. Like, sorry, I, I could get into this show for hours and hours. Yeah, here's the thing. Okay. The museum job, the ending guy, these are things that just don't happen. Like, mm-hmm. you don't meet a guy at the wedding who is, like, a 10 out of 10 hotness. And he doesn't just, like, he doesn't just, like, fl- openly flirt with you all night long. That just, like, doesn't happen long. in real life. And then, and then, like, oh, she falls asleep. Well, he, like, leaves to go get drinks or something. And she has to, like, pump because she's a mother. And when he comes back, she's already asleep. So instead, there's just, like, a note under the door that says, like, you know, next time. Couldn't get back into the hotel room where she was staying because she was asleep. And so it was locked. And so he just, yeah, he puts a, a note under there that was, like, so glad you got some sleep. Like, finally. And here's my number. And then, oh, oh, I'm sorry. You just met the dream the man and you're and never you never gonna text him, him? i'm like that's so never mad. gonna happen and then never gonna and happen. then you're gonna run into him at no. the the little corner store i don't think so that's what happens in this alternate reality yeah he leaves i guess in this alternate rea- reality the note still happens you spend the next 24 hours boots on the ground with your friends deciding how you're gonna text him because that's what you do 100 percent. you agonize over how you're going to get in contact and guess what you also don't fall asleep when he's going to get champagne or whatever you like get really hot when he's going to get champagne like there's the nothing about that was realistic it was ridiculous and the and how he was like oh you have a kid he we have like an eight-month-old that's so hot to me yeah i i think i don't think conversations happen like that where it's like a yeah turn on if you will i i think what they were probably getting at was that that, like he was also complicated and had like a uh, a more zigzaggy life it was just it was just so unrealistic um but the thing that i loved the most about it and it actually really reminded me of my relationship is that it the narration at the end was talking about how like he was the one for her and their relationship was so steady and calm and it wasn't this like huge like burst mm-hmm. that was definitely like me and Kagan when we started dating like it was like calm and steady and just good and happy and easy and fun like mm-hmm. it was but it wasn't this like crazy like burning so bright like it, it it became that with time and getting to know each other so I just think like that part was really true like I think when you do find your person a lot of times it's way more calm than you imagined it would be so totally totally it's beautiful Lauren it's a, oh well I don't know it's a it, it's a great show it's definitely worth watching so give us your thoughts oh, and, and it has great music I thought the music and the graphics like the way like the title pages were treated it was beautiful yeah I mean production quality HBO it's top notch always okay let's get into some let's continue the discussion of single women please with the real housewives of New York okay let's do it Chandler, I took a break from Housewives for a minute. Mm -hmm. So did I. No, I I was off the wagon completely. And I I honestly thought I wasn't going to return. Like I had the distinct thought, like maybe I'm just not watching Real Housewives at this point in my life. Well, I think we've just suffered through so many puppy gates, so (sighs) much fake drama that I'm just in a, I'm in a place where I was over it. Like I was just, I don't want to have to suffer through another season of contrived drama. 
But And I don't think we, like, I think all of our old favorites, like, we'd sort of seen their tropes. Mm-hmm. And we'd seen we everything play ready out. for something fresh. Yeah. Well, I don't know about how you feel about it, but we both caught up. And I'm sorry, the past three episodes of New York are some of the most high-quality entertainment that I've ever it's seen. Fantastic. Uh, both it's Beverly fantastic. Hills and New York are right now, chart-topping for me killing the game i i just couldn't even believe it when i was I started in new york and i was watching the episode where luann where they're at the berkshires and Lu, luann hears ramona talking about how sonia also <gasps> used to be a cabaret okay pa- pause really quick that was like a total bomb drop i had no idea i like well, I, she, I didn't, I didn't, she did well, one I, performance right but like i didn't still though and I think Sonia, honestly, is just has way more stage presence than Luann. I'm sorry, she, Luann. As someone who's been to the live show, yes, Sonia a thousand percent has more stage presence. Yeah, and and that, even that little clip that they showed, you can just tell she is a star. I would love to see a full show, <sighs> Sonia. Love to. But that was okay. The whole scene, I made Kagan watch it. He came home and I was like, you have to see this. I like played him the whole, the whole five, the five, first five minutes of that episode where Ramona opens the door and she's like telling the guys delivering the food, like, oh, like, you know, I'm thin, but I like to eat. I love food. I look great, but I'm like, she she kept commenting her look. She was like, I look great, but I'm a mess. Like, it's just so so funny. So great. Um. Okay, I am just, like, loving Leah. Like, I know I've said it before, but, like, she can basically do no wrong. Leah's excellent. Leah's excellent because she always says what she thinks. And I think Leah brings all the Bethany punchiness Mm -hmm. and quippy dialogue without any of, like, the bite. Yeah. And the venom that Bethany had. So I would say that Bethany and Leah, to me, are just about on par with each other. Like, Bethany brought so much to the show and was so witty, and Leah does too. But I wouldn't say that I'm, I minded Bethany's bite. If anything, See, I, I think, think it brought a lot of entertainment value. Yeah, it did bring entertainment value, but I think as far as a friend goes, I would much rather show up to dinners with Leah for six weeks rather than dinners with Bethany because I feel like Bethany was moody, and if you caught her at a bad moment... Or she, you were not on her good side, like you were screwed. Whereas I feel like Leah's just in general um, a happier woman. Totally, totally. For me, at least, like Leah has a, is a little bit more shameless because she's not as rich, and she's I love it. Exactly, it's so refreshing. Like I'm, I was sick of seeing Bethany's apartment. You could always tell that five percent of Bethany's brain was like, "Is this really going to be on brand for when I'm mm-hmm. on the cover of Forbes?" She's just a little bit more polished, and Leah is just raw. Yep. Yep. I think Agreed. I will. I will be disappointed. Okay. Do you, do you remember the trajectory of Carol? I mean, what do you mean? Like Carol? Like, leaving? I felt like Carol for the first couple seasons was so funny and so raw and right. so real and so honest. And then she kind of like changed and morphed and, and she, started, like when she started dating Adam. Yeah. And she started to be like very vain. She got super vain. She got a lot of work done. And then mm-hmm. she like started just being all about, like her Instagram selfies and she, she kind of lost her, her realness and she stopped offering, I, I thought great opinions. Mm-hmm. She started to kind of more just kind of coast. Right. So I thought that was, that's just interesting. Wait, Oh, quick sidebar. Yeah. Have you read what remains? Mm-hmm. Carol's yeah, it's a beautiful memoir. It's a beautiful book. Okay. Yes. I, I think I'm going to read so it's it beautiful. and I would love to report about it on the podcast. Yeah, you should. 
Well, also, I think it's interesting. I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about the real reason that Dorinda was so mad at Tinsley. And this all makes sense now was because Tinsley wasn't showing her relationship on the show. Mm -hmm. And that really frustrated Dorinda because she felt like she was hiding something from the show and Dorinda kind of put it all out there. And anyway, so I thought that was interesting because I didn't really, I just thought Dorinda wanted Tinsley to, to be honest about her relationship to the friend group. I didn't realize it was more of like a show thing. Like, See, oh, you're not really showing your life. Totally. I don't think Tinsley had any problem revealing details about her life. I think it's literally Scott didn't want to be talked about on the show. <laughs> totally, totally. And apparently, apparently Dorinda had spent like some time with them privately, like mm-hmm. went on a trip with them or something and didn't really like him. And so oh, it was really? like, yeah. And so there was a part, part of her that didn't want to see her end up with him. Yeah. So I felt bad because Dorinda kind of was portrayed as jealous, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I don't think that's ultimately what it was. Oh, I, don't so. think it, I mean, I, I think Dorinda was like going through some things. I never thought she was jealous. Like, oh, I don't I think Dorinda thought she was jealous. It's like Dorinda wanted to be married to Coupon King Scott. I think Dorinda loved being married to super wealthy Richard and the Clintons. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like, I mean, this is a very well discussed narrative on the show. Like I think Ramona gave this opinion and that life is kind of gone for her now Mm -hmm. and seeing Tinsley kind of born of almost that pedigree never really has to work. Always kind of had a perfect life and in this echelon of society you know there's probably a part of her also that is jealous of the fact that she was you know quite a bit younger and in a different season of her life and so I thought that I definitely thought that was the reason it's so funny I get that vibe so much more that type of jealousy from Ramona to Leah well yeah I mean that's what that's what Dorinda said to yeah right and like it's it's spot on yeah, to- totally. And like Ramona is the type of friend where, like, if you show up somewhere and you look cuter than her, she's going to be kind of mad. Totally, totally. Which is, like, the most toxic type of friend. Yeah, for sure. Okay, let's talk quickly about her birthday party. Yes, yes, let's, please. I will be throwing some version of that for myself this month. Look really? Invite. Yeah, I've already rented out the convention center. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. Do you have like a huge paper mache art installations that are going to be ready too? I do, I do. And the bar is going to say Chandler's bedroom because I actually don't have a living room that I own. I just have a bedroom that I own. So it's stunning. Oh my gosh. And I'm going to have all your guests wear black and then you can wear red. Uh, yeah, I think, well, that's, those are like my high school colors. So I feel like that's kind of weird. I think I'm going to have all the guests wear like, what's like a really bad, like a magenta or a lavender. Okay. Okay. I'm going to be wearing like a beautiful white dress. I like it. I like it. Okay. Yeah. I'm into it. I'm into it. Are you going to ask people to give you a hundred dollars? Okay. I didn't believe that was real. Can you believe that? I don't think, I don't believe that. I don't think she would actually do Wait. that because it's so tacky. No, but I actually, what, then why would she showing people giving her like cash or whatever? I don't, like, I, I didn't totally anyone give her that. cash, but I, I saw her get the gift. But that wasn't, no, no, no. That wasn't the purse that she got. I don't think, maybe someone else set up the gift, set it up for her, maybe, you know, but okay. Also, do you think her Gucci bags are fake? This is very stupid to comment on, but I am curious. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't I think like, her Gucci bags are fake. She I has the money to buy real Gucci bags. Right. Why would you get a fake one? Exactly. That didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the singers at dinner. The singer. 
the singers mario and ramona singer oh at dinner with the family okay mm-hmm. i just want to say that it's very 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 impressive to me given that ramona is the type of person where if you sh- she doesn't want you to show up looking hotter than her uh, and she's clearly a jealous type. Yes. The fact that she's able to like have this warm, loving relationship with Mario is, I think, I, I bow down to this attitude. I, I salute I it. I think it's so cool and impressive. Say what you want to say about Ramona. This is an incredible testament of being a good person, or at least a being a good enough person. Yeah. Being a good enough person to want to make sure your daughter has a stable family life. Mm-hmm. Wow. No, it's... It's really lovely. It's really lovely. That scene was sweet with them. I really don't like Avery. Why don't you like Avery? Maybe because she's your age. No. You jealous of her? I'm threatened by Avery Singer. No, I've just have seen a lot of like blind celebrity gossip accounts where she like has been nightmarish to people and said stuff at clubs like, Do you know who my mom is? No. Yeah. Yeah. That's so embarrassing. So embarrassing. Okay, should we dig into Beverly Hills? Is there anything else you want to say? No, that's it for New York. Oh wait! The scene where the scene where Sonia is breaking the glass on and standing on the platter or whatever it was was phenomenal. I was screaming. I was watching in my apartment alone, screaming like freaking out. It was so good. She when she's also going through her apartment, which that actually makes me really sad. Like, please, someone rent Sonia's townhouse because I oh, want to make sure she has her rent paid. <laughs> But, but really she's sad. also like being a clothing tycoon. So yeah, that's true. That's your Century Twenty One, which I'd never heard of. Yeah, I thought it was like insurance <laughs> or something. No, I'm pretty sure like Aunt Joanne like is a realtor for Century Twenty One. So I'm confused. I same. Okay, so let's get into Beverly Hills. I mean, what's there to say? What's there to say except for that scene and the brown dinner? It <sighs> is, was a masterpiece. A masterpiece. The looks the glances, the gazes, the stares. I had to chop it all up and put all the glances together in my, in my short film because I I mean, it was art. It was art. It was like a, a Greek tragedy. It's an opera. It's so (sighs) the deepest human emotions are played out on their faces. Denise saying bravo, 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 trying to like use that old production trick to try and get the footage cut. And then, and then Erica's face as after she says it, just like her heart's broken for her, and it's just like this: you're you're not going to be able to save yourself. No, no. Like it was so good. I mean, the Bravo, Bravo, Bravo. Yeah, like, that was a new level of like. Well, um, okay. Do you think? Let's just get to it. Believe, yeah. Do we believe? Hold what on. What do you think? Do I, I want to? Because I have a very strong opinion, but I don't want to cloud your opinion. So I want to hear your opinion first. I mean, I believe it. I think I when I saw Denise's facial expression when it was brought up at the dinner, I feel like the, that like that micro expression on her face said everything. Said okay, a hundred percent agree. The way she handled it. If someone said to me at dinner, "Oh, I heard that you hooked up with this girl," like I would just be like. That's that's crazy. That didn't happen. Right. Like end of story. Like you would just be like, oh yeah, that's you would either laugh, like genuinely laugh, or you'd be like, yeah, that didn't happen. That's wild though. And that's really weird that they would say that. Like the way she tried to play it off, it was just so obvious. I'm not a good liar, and I can spot other really not good liars. Yeah. Oh, but I do think like given how open her and Aaron are when Aaron was like holding her when they were like walking out of Kyle's barbecue and he's like I'll crush your hand 
<gasps> was he saying that like threatening her? Yes. Like threatening Denise? Yes. Like, like he was what like, is- like, don't tell me not to, t- he said, don't tell me what to say or not to say. Like he was angry because he was holding her hand. What, what was strange to me is that given how open she is about how sexy their relationship is, it was strange to me that they don't have some sort of arrangement like right. that. Or like, that he would really have cared that much. Like, okay, so she got totally wasted and did something stupid. Although it was weird that it happened twice. It's so weird. Also, like, Brandy is not a credible person at all, in my opinion. But this is like, I just, I don't know. I feel like there was just something about it that felt like she she wasn't just doing it for like kicks. Yeah, no, I, there, so there's definitely a part of me that thinks like, okay, obviously Brandy did this so that they can, she, she can get back on the show. But there's also a part of me that just thinks that like, it's too crazy, but length to go to, mm-hmm. you know? Right, right. I listened to another podcast and what they said is that the cast members on Beverly Hills are actually very irritated and frustrated with Denise because she gets paid so much more than them because she's an established actress. And when you, when you are an established actress, like you can just negotiate for way more money. And since most of them aren't, they don't get paid nearly as much as Denise does to be on the show. But yet it's, I guess like in her contract that her other acting gigs come first and she was trying to control the edit about her. Like she wasn't even actually giving or showing her true life. And so that really frustrated everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Super interesting. And, and like really sad and very strange. Like why, if you're so strange with your life and husband, why are you going to jeopardize that at all? Let alone with Brandy. It's really bizarre and sad. I have been loving Sutton. I like Sutton a lot, except for when at the dinner table, she's like, you have no right to say this, like at the dinner table. Like, shut oh, up! I know she's this is a reality show. This is the point of going to dinner, so that there can be they can have this dramatic showdown. I just think that's like it adds like a Countess Luann vibe to the West Coast that I like. Yeah, that's true. It definitely does. Anything else on Beverly Hills that happened? I just keep thinking that Erica is so stunning. Like at that dinner scene, Erica, her face, her, face, her skin, it's. she's a porcelain doll she really is i want to know whatever she's doing i want to know everything because she looks so natural too no it's like it's like her face hasn't aged in like in 20 20 years years. erica is just so fresh i think it okay i think it is a little bit just being a little bit curvier Mm -hmm. like it just makes you have natural fullness yeah yeah um to your face and she's just so stunning also Dorit like Dorit kind of annoyed me in the first couple seasons but I have to tell you I just think Dorit brings so much humor when she's talking about how Brandy is not a credible source because she said her boobs were messed up (laughs) and she's like darling they are perfect like Dorit brings it Dorit does and I also I just I love seeing the outfits for pure outfit like entertainment when they're like we're having dinner at the hotel why is this a fashion show it's so funny it's so funny and i just do love like denise showing up in like flip-flops like no matter what denise is always like kind of sloppy so sloppy do you want to talk about the goop video really quick oh, yes so we both independently watched this video without telling each other without even planning on talking without about discussing it, it. but yeah. then Chandler was like oh I have to show you this video that Gwen just put out and I'd already watched it I'd already like seen it when it came on my feed in full the full it's, four minutes it's with Gwyneth Blythe, Blythe her mother, her mother yes. and Apple her daughter three generations 
there's a lot of Apple promotion happening recently, which is I mean, interesting. I'm, we're seeing a lot of her on the Instagram. Maybe it's just quarantine, but yeah, I mean, she's just like her daughter, and you know, I think Gwyneth is just proud. Well, she's never showed her before. That's what's interesting. At like all? She, on barely, her like barely. Yeah, Maybe Apple's like more comfortable with it. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? But but the video itself, I know it's the most basic white girl thing to be obsessed with Gwyneth Paltrow but I still am just so obsessed with Gwyneth I just can't help it like this is just who I am I feel drawn to her in every way and she feels like a beacon of everything I wish I was and wish to be I Lauren didn't catch this but if any of you guys go and watch it you can see a little bit of Brad Brad Falchuk at the very beginning it's the cutest video and and I just I love everything about Gwyneth like at the end they're talking about aging and then Apple says, you know, but with age comes beauty. And Gwyneth just starts laughing. No, like she's like, or she sorry, with age comes wit. Yeah. And yeah. And Gwyneth just starts laughing because it's like clearly so cheesy. Like that just, it was just so, like, Gwyneth is just so real. She's so yeah. real. And I don't know. I thought that her mom was like refreshing. She also, she used two words. She used the word fuss, which I thought was cute. I'm like, I'm going to start using the word fuss more. Like, I'm not going to fuss around with dinner. I'm not going to fuss with getting ready. It's it's a great word that we are definitely underutilizing. 100%. Please go watch. It's a great, yeah, it's great. And it also, I think the thing I love about Gwyneth is she's so, like Courtney said on one of our podcast episodes, she is like aging so naturally. And there's such a calming warmth to her face, like in this later stage. 100%. It's so soothing. She just seems so happy and like good in her own skin. And like, I know that's really, that is super cliche to say as well, but it's like, it's amazing. And I want that. I do too. She, she, yeah, it's too much. It's too much, but I Are can't get enough. Are you going to buy goop jeans? You know, I think I probably will in a couple months. Okay. Once I'm more flush. I, you? I, I think it's interesting. Yeah, I kind of want to get it. But it's. I thought about how it's a kind of a direct ripoff of Drunk Elephant's good jeans, which is like one of their products. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I see um, you, goop. I want to work for you, but I see you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's capitalism. That's competition. I like it. Two companies trying to deliver great value at a competitive prices. What else can you want? What else could you but want? More folks? options as a consumer. Mm-hmm. And in that spirit of capitalism, please go buy me a birthday gift. Yep. 100 bucks, August 22nd. Chance right. expecting it. I really am. All right, Lauren, before we sign off fully, let's read some reviews. What do you say? Yes. I would love that. And before we read these reviews, let's make a little note here. Folks, we come to you on bended knee. We are trying to grow this podcast. We, we are. We are prostrating ourselves before you. It started as a small seed years ago, and we're trying to lift off the ground. We'd like to grow into some sort of tree at some point. I would be so thrilled to just have a single branch. Really anything. Potentially even an apple to fall from it to partake of. Yeah, like we would like to bear fruit. We would. <laughs> help us, so please. Yes. <laughs> help us help us plant our orchard. Help um, us spread our seed. What? And the, the best way to do that, oh my gosh, is by leaving us a review. Leaving us a review and telling 
your friends. Like tell someone, Hey, I found this podcast. It's literally changed my life. I've never been happier. I stopped going to therapy. I broke up with my boyfriend. I'm started dating someone richer. Like everything has changed since I started listening. Everything in my life has gotten better since I started listening to this podcast. I need you to give this speech to 10 people this morning. Within this uh, the hour Within that you the hour. Pod, we need you to give this speech to 10 people, okay? And okay. leave us a five-star review from your phone and a few other phones. Just if you're standing in line at Starbucks, grab someone's phone, leave us a review really quick. Right. That's right. all we ask. It's a small ask. It's just a little thing. A little thing. With that said, let's thank the people who have, you know, <laughs> gone the extra mile, done the work, left us a review. review. <laughs> These are the heroes of the pub apologists. Really? So we have two reviews to read for this week, which is which is incredible because last week we had none. So thank you, the two of you. The first one says, just great, exclamation point, is the subject. And they say, I like these hosts from the first time I listened, but I knew it was love when they bravely spoke out against the evil reign of terror we are under with Meghan Markle. Their obvious disdain for her BS has won me over. I'm here with I'm here for you. We are here to shepherd you through these dark times, through mm-hmm. this reign of terror. That's yeah. our role. Donald Trump is not the enemy. Meghan Markle is, and we stand by that. Xi Jinping has nothing on Meghan Markle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could never. Okay, so our next review entitled Anyone Who's Anyone. Anyone who's anyone listens to this pod. The only hope of a Wednesday is that it's time for a new episode. The witty banter, childhood stories, and housewives commentary will make you cry laughing 98% of the time. Silk screening some pop apologist t-shirts as we speak. Anyone who's anyone will be wearing one with their T-Swift cardigans. (laughs) We know it all too well. Well, well. I've never needed anything more. Keep up the good work, ladies. This review is from Stacey Ord, who I adore, and I'm best friends with her and her daughter, Haley, childhood best friends. I love you guys so much. This review, truly the copy in here is fantastic. Maybe you guys should just come be a copywriter at Facebook because you maybe just took my job. I really hope Mark isn't listening. I really hope he isn't. Anyone who's anyone, I hope this is a nod to the fact that my third grade birthday party t-shirt said uh, Chandler's like eighth birthday, anyone who's anyone was there. I think that's what they're trying to do here. And I'm, I'm ready to be outed as someone who printed that on a t-shirt and, and handed it out to elementary schoolers. Yeah. You, the bullying started young for you. The cool girl vibe started young and Super young. you're not here to deny it. Stacy. that's the sweetest, most thoughtful, amazing review of all time. I want to frame it. I want to put it on my wall and I'm just, you know, you're an OG listener of the pod and your dedication. Uh, uh. Truly, Stacy and Haley are OG listeners. They've been with us since the beginning, since 2016, supporting us completely. It's Lauren, did Stacy just crack our merch idea? Like, should we just print shirts that say "Pop Apologists"? Anyone who's anyone is listening. Honestly, yes, yes. <sighs> okay, it's in okay. production as we speak. I think maybe anyone who's anyone is listening could be a <gasps> a tagline. Like That's our a tagline, tagline for the pod. Oh anyone who's anyone is listening. <gasps> wow. I have the chills. I just broke out in a sweat and I have the chills. Stacy, you're worth your weight in gold, truly. Oh my gosh. And Haley, I know this was a collective effort from like truly two dynamite women. We we can't thank you enough. We can't. And we're looking forward to printing the merch. Yes. Also, if anyone has a silkscreen machine they want to donate to the pod, let me know. Or like 10 grand to get the first line. Of, like, yeah, totally get us up off the ground. Just yeah. Venmo, Venmo channel. Yeah. yeah, but that's that doesn't count my birthday present. 
just yeah, make it that's, super clear. That's a separate payment. Yeah. Okay. Sounds okay. good. Great. All right. Love you, sis. Love you. Have Bye. a good night. Bye. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at popapologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Do you ever worry about running out of interesting things to say to friends when you actually get to see them? Then we've got the perfect podcast for you. I'm Eve Yohalem, and each week on Book Dreams, my co-host Julie Sternberg and I use books to explore fascinating questions, like what happened when a Harvard professor staked her reputation on an alleged gospel of Jesus's wife that turned out to be fake? And how did debut author Tom Lynn save the American Western by blowing it to bits? Are pigeons rats with wings or wonder birds? And what's the who, what, when, where, how, and especially why of books found in human skin? Recent and upcoming Book Dreams highlights include conversations with Booker Prize-winning author Marlon James, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Katherine Schultz, and Merlin scholar Dr. Laura Campbell. You can listen to Book Dreams wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists, owners of the therapy group, and hosts of the Shrink Chicks podcast. Every week, we bring you a new episode where we dive into therapeutic topics like inner child work, dating anxiety, family dynamics, relationships, and burnout, making them more relatable and understandable, leaving the psycho babble behind. We address the things you've been dying to ask your therapist but don't know how and work to help you stop shooting all over yourself with the expectations society can put on us. Tune in every Monday to Shrink Chicks on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow along and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Prepare to learn all about you, because in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. Hey.